This episode is brought to you by Challengers Comics and Conversation. Go to challengerscomics.com and start the conversation now. Daniel's Law LLC in Georgia. Visit dlawllc.com. Kerberos Productions. The minds behind the games enter the pit and kaiju a go-go. Search for Kerberos, K-E-R-B-E-R-O-S, on Steam, or go to kerberos-productions.com to check out their growing catalog of titles. Then you, then it can happen. Then the miracle can happen to you. It's not just the poor and the hungry. It's, it's everybody who's got to have this miracle. And it can happen tonight for all of you. If you believe in this spirit thing, you, you, the miracle will happen, and then you'll want it to happen again tomorrow. You won't be one of these bastards who says Christmas is once a year and it's a fraud. It's not. It can happen every day. You just gotta want that feeling. And if you like it and you want it, you'll get greedy for it. Still playing with Toys.net presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. Stop great. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Oh, we have fun. Woo! All right. So, hey. Remember last year, Chris, when we did a uh, little commentary for Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2? That was that was a lot of fun. We actually had uh, well well intentioned plans of doing another uh, round of commentaries with special guests, and it was going to be great. Uh, and unfortunately, scheduling, as you might have heard last weekend, has been a little nuts. So what we decided to do was do a little something different for you guys this year for Christmas. We're going to watch a holiday classic, at least a holiday classic to us, Scrooged. Uh, this is. You know, just one of those films that I've always come back to almost year after year. Um, and and what's weird was it was sort of overlooked when it first came out. You know, one of those yeah. Roger uh, Ebert, Siskel and Ebert kind of things where it was two thumbs down and it got kind of poo-pooed. But keeps coming back again and again and again. And uh, there's so many elements that we're going to be able to talk about because of how well this film continues to hold up so um so yeah so welcome welcome to our scrooged commentary and i know you're thinking wait this is a ghostbusters podcast don't worry there are a lot of great ties to ghostbusters uh beyond the obvious beyond the bill murray of it all um so uh what we're gonna do uh if you guys while chris and i sort of chat here at the top if you want to get your version of scrooged uh on dvd or itunes or vhs whatever you're watching uh park it right after the the logo for paramount fades up like the first the first moment that you see the the mountain the paramount mountain just pause right there and hold on for a second we'll tell you when to start so you guys are in sync with us okay so that very first frame that's where you're gonna park uh in the meantime uh chris happy holidays uh, the, this is the magic of podcasting uh you and i are talking on christmas day this this never happens <laughs> <laughs> so Merry Christmas! Uh, Merry I hope, Christmas! I hope future you is really enjoying, uh, you know, your first Christmas at your new house. Yes, I'm enjoying my first Christmas at my new house. <laughs> that thing I got is amazing. I will treasure it forever. The the eggnog it was spiked <laughs> just to perfection. Mm. I don't know about the eggnog, but I actually made myself some uh, some hot chocolate. Ooh! Oh, this is with. Uh, with Kahlua, because I'm an oh, adult. You are an adult, so you have adult hot chocolate. Yes. That's right. I got um, candy cane Oreos and uh, Kahlua spiked hot chocolate. 
and I think I think I'm ready. I think I'm in the spirit. This is this is excellent. This is uh, you know you've you've mm. got what uh, Bobcat Goldwhite's got. Uh, <laughs> you're just missing a shotgun. You got the Kula. <laughs> you're just missing a shotgun. Lots of getting in I'm feeling kind of vulnerable here. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Guys, we're just going to do the entire commentary as Bobcat, <laughs> all right? Um, all right, so is everybody ready? Has everybody got your uh, your version of Scrooge uh, ready to go? Because we're going to launch into this. All right, so ready, Chris? We're going to play. We're going to do three, two, one, go, and everybody's going to push play on go. Ready? Here we go. Three, two, one, and go. All right. Is this still a model? I like they do, they do CGI so. stars, but it doesn't look like a CGI mountain. It looks like it's still some sort of model. Oh yeah, because they got to do the fly through. Yeah, they they fly through it here. Oh my god! So right off the bat, Danny Elfman's score. Like this is mm-hmm. this is one of the best parts of the movie to me. Um, and just recently released by La La Land, probably I know last year, two years ago. Um, Danny Elfman and this song in particular gets used so much in other people's trailers. Yes. Yes. I, um, I had, I don't know where it ended up. A lot of my tapes went away and I know I had it on tape, but there was a Danny Elfman album of his film work. Um, so it had, um, and it had this on it and oh, man, did uh, I, I looped the hell out of it. Yeah. Music for a darkened theater. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. I it had also that had that, yeah, the really great blues, uh, track from, um, Midnight Run? Midnight Run, and there was, like, the Hot to Trot one that had, like, that harmonica, like, dude, dude, again, another trailer song that you hear all the time. The Pee Wee stuff. Oh, my God. Uh, All right, so talk about... This is a really good Santa's workshop, (laughs) other than the explosions. It really is a good Santa's Other than it getting totally bombed to hell here. um, I like the unexplained punk rock, like, (laughs) Smurf at Elf that they have. Well, you know, it had to be. It's a it's a hard edged eighties action movie. Yeah, I guess so. Like the one guy with the Ray Bans on, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And Santa holding the assault rifle. Oh my God, <laughs> Lee Majors. Wait, isn't Lee Majors playing Ash's uh, dad on Ash versus the Evil Dead right now? I believe he is. Yes, I haven't caught up that far, but I saw a trailer. Oh my God, Lee Majors. I'd I'd be curious, uh, listeners out there uh, who were born like after 1990 or so, uh, I'd be curious if you guys know who Lee Majors is. That's <laughs> what's sad. Mm. The Fall Guy was like programming, uh, you know, appointment programming for me. Okay, kids, this is what TVs used to look like. They did 480p. <laughs> And you could see the lines. You could see the you lines. Could, it was you this. You could count uh, the, all 480 of them if you wanted. <laughs> yeah, bits of this aren't aren't really carrying on. Like, does anybody? Uh, do the younger kids know who Bob Goulet Bob is? Right? I don't. I mean, Will Ferrell did his uh, Goulet Christmas not too long ago, which I thought was kind of a blatant ripoff of that commercial that we just saw, but <laughs> uh, but still funny regardless. This bit at the beginning always kind of reminded me of. Um, Sorry. Um, uh, stay, stay tuned. Oh yeah, stay tuned with uh, John Ritter. John Ritter, Jeffrey Jones. Yeah, that kind of it yeah. has that the, the feel and the same voiceover guy. I think what it is is it's the same that television 
<laughs> is it um, what's his name's dad? I can't. No, he was not the voice of the Love Boat guy. Um, oh, uh, Anderson. Uh, maybe. No, maybe. not Anderson. Anyways, my my VO uh, Beyond uh, La Fontaine. I don't. I can't say. I, I know many of those those announcers, but uh, Scrooge. Oh my God. So uh, okay. I'd so I'd like to start a collection of prop books, and I'd like that to be in it. <laughs> the the giant uh, leather bound Scrooge volume. Yeah. yeah. And the you know the guide to the, uh, for the recently deceased from Beetlejuice. Yes. Stuff like that. Yeah. Or um, and uh, Schaefer's book from um, Ghost from, from the past. new Ghostbusters. Yeah. 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 Um. So okay, so we're we're about to get into the very the dark comedy section yeah. of this film, and I think it's sort of indicative. This is where we start drawing some lines to Ghostbusters uh, again, beyond Bill Murray, obvious. But uh, Michael O'Donohue, the writer of of the film, who uh, you know famously a writer and performer on the original cast of Saturday Night Live, uh, you know he had that bit where he did the impression of a guy who had his eyeball stabbed, and he said it would go a little something. Like this. Ah, 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 and just like <laughs> ran around the studio screaming. <laughs> um, but so, you know, this is very Michael O'Donohue uh, comedy, which it's unfortunate that he didn't write more like this. It's one of those things where, I don't know, like a death to Smoochie. It's one of those, like the comedies of this sort of genre with this sort of edge to it usually don't end up doing that well commercially and they just don't really make that many of them. So... I don't know. Is it because it's cynical? Is it because it's not accessible? Everybody loves the sort of broader uh, comedy. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe that's why I love this movie so much because it's so just dramatically different from the Santa Claus or Home Alone or something like that. Mother, help me. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Dark comedies are always a hard sell. I mean, there are yeah. some of the best, but they're a real hard sell to both audiences and to studios, right? Like. I think the only reason this one got made is they had Bill Murray. Like if it had been anybody else, it never would have gotten off the ground. Yeah, Bill Bill Murray and it's Richard Donner directing it's Richard it Donner, too, right? So, that's right. Um, Not long after. Uh, <coughs> well, I guess first Superman was seventy seventy nine. Yeah, and this is eighty eight. Well, okay, so he's been he's done Lethal Weapon at this point too, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, talk about, and, and so you've got Bill Murray, you've got, um, uh, Karen Allen, uh, who this was probably sort of like at the tail end, right before she sort of took a break from acting, I think, um, who? Sorry? Karen Allen. Oh yeah. Mar- uh, Marion from Indiana Jones. You know, this is like, she went away till, you know, crystal skulls. I've, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> which is a shame actually because she really <laughs> I'm sorry I love this commercial <laughs> I, I feel like I always come back to this reference uh, of your life might depend on it and yeah. pe- a lot of people don't get it a lot of people don't pick up on it and then I have to be like have you seen Scrooged oh my god alright wait watch this hold on especially when I was working in marketing I always had to be like Watch Transformers 4. Your life might depend on it. <laughs> Just. I like that the, the trailer is so horrific that it drives the executives out of the room. <laughs> 
You know, I I just call Elliot him, Loudermilk, by the way, is an amazing character name. Yes, it it really is. Was that Harris Eulin that just walked out as well? Was one of the executives Harris Eulin? Oh boy, I don't think so. Oh no. Okay. I just caught a glimpse of he's the second guy after. So there's the guy that's got like the handkerchief to his mouth that he is going to vomit. And then the guy that walks out right behind him kind of looked like Harris Eulin, but we don't want to. Harris Eulin. Bit older, I think, than. No, I guess that's true. Yeah. I can tell you in a second, though, because I mean, we do live in a world of wonders. <laughs> um, yeah, did, this movie didn't do great. No, I don't think he's in it. Okay. The movie didn't do, it was not critically received well, did not make a whole lot of money. Um, I'm kind of wondering why it succeeded. I I mean, it is funny. So the, this, this, and, but Bill Murray himself said the script was better. Right. Yeah. Like the original script. And I'd love to read it. He said he liked it more. It's the script that got him on board. And this is after, um, a four year hiatus, right? Like, he did Ghostbusters, which was huge, and he himself has said kind of made him, um, like, was kind of overwhelming. Right, right. And at the exact same year, his pet project, The Razor's Edge, tanked. Yeah, yeah. So he just sort of punched out, and this is the movie that got him back, of all things. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, one one year before Ghostbusters 2, uh, two years before Quick Change, or maybe Quick Change was 91. Yep. Um, and the only thing he did in the interim was a cameo a year or two before in Little Shop of Horrors. Right, right. But, I mean, again, you know, Bill Murray and Michael O'Donohue probably friends from the Saturday Night Live era. And, mm-hmm. you know, he had probably read that first script before the studio got a hold of it and said, oh, my God, we can't do that. You know, there's probably there's probably so much in here. Like, when, every time I come back to the have you tried staples line, like, I, I picture the, yeah. the studio executive notes that go, oh, my God, we can't say that. But he, um, like, there's a timeline that's not well understood. Um, he saw a script, and it was much like when he was talking about the early Ghostbusters 3 scripts. He actually has a quote where he said they shredded it and dumped it on the lawn. That's how bad the first one was. But I don't know if, <laughs> if Donahue was in, in there at that point. Oh, maybe. I think he's the sole credited writer on the movie, isn't he? Maybe. Yeah. But then Murray has also said at times, he's like, um, him and Donner didn't get along during this, right? Right. Right. So he was saying, like, it was just rush, rush, rush. It was almost like doing the movie live. And uh, only one thing in there was mine. And we know that's not true, because he's got a shitload of quotes and deliveries in there that are pure Bill Murray. But I I think in terms of specific, like, written bits... Not just uh, one-liners. He said only one of his made it through to the end. It's what? funny. I'm I, for a guy who was so poo-poo on Ghostbusters for the longest time. Now he's back on boards with Ghostbusters. I wonder if this is the movie that he just. <laughs> <laughs> this is his. Yeah. Which you know, it's funny. I don't. I mean, again, on paper, it doesn't really make sense either because Richard Donner is not a director that's known for working with improv comedians that much, you know, that, and and that makes sense. He wants to stick to the script and I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But again, look, look how many people love this movie. Like if Bill Murray hates this movie, so many people come back to this year after year and Mary Lou Retton. It's from Starlock. 
We tore up the script so badly we, that we had parts all over the lawn. There was a lot I didn't like. To remake the story, we took the romantic element, Frank's relationship with his former girlfriend, Claire, and built that up a little more. It existed in the script's original version, but we had to make more out of it. The family scenes were kind of off, so we worked on that. Mm. I'm wondering if that's the bit that made it through, because that family bit, it's not just the family bit, it's his brothers, right? So, right. Like really, yeah. one of that's his brothers. That's very Murray, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, it was a big deal that they got Mitchum, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Mitchum's a big, big freaking deal, right? Mitchum doesn't have to do shit if he doesn't want it at this time. <laughs> and they got him in there to play this exec in this goofy comedy for Christmas. I mean, there's there's a lot of, like, John Forsyth. There's a lot of John those Forsyth, type of, yep. like, heavy caliber actors uh, that, you know. Uh, yeah, Mitchum, that's, that's interesting. So, okay, so that, that quote you read was from Starlog. Was that a a Scrooge-specific article? What was that article? <clears throat> uh, yeah, Bill Murray ain't afraid of no ghosts. I mean, it's they're still huh. leaning heavily on the Ghostbusters. Sure, sure. Um, but it was, th- it was specifically about Scrooge. It's the one where he talked about... Um, uh, oh, is this the last of the Ghostbusters? The last of the Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, Murray was saying... So, it's funny, because Donner's not an improv guy, but he said... It sounded like he kind of tried to go with it. Because Murray said in that same one, we shot a big, long, sloppy movie, so there's a great deal of material that didn't end even end up in the film. Hmm. It just didn't work. You tend to forget what was wrong. It's hard. I just figured that anyone who's good could step into this part and have a lot of fun with it. It's funny because it actually kind of mirrors some of the stuff Feig was talking about when he did the new one. Like they just oh. shot and shot and shot, and yeah, some stuff didn't work, and they just sort of dumped. Well, same deal, right? They how much of the extras? Three hours of extras? <laughs> yeah, three hours, and plus, I'm sure there was more too. So maybe this was oh. a similar. What's his oh damn John what's Glover. his name? John like, Glover. Yeah. God, I, I love, love John, John Glover. Glover. He's he's like one of Joe Dante's lucky charms. Like that's that there's like the Joe Dante lucky charms that sort of show up in this and I almost I almost feel like this should have been a Joe Dante movie. Like if can you it imagine? It kind of feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Gremlins-esque, right? Another yeah, dark Christmas very, comedy. Very Gremlins-esque. And with, with sort of the corporate overseers that reminds me of the second Gremlins movie, um, which, again, I for all of the flack that that movie takes, it's just so underrated. I love that it just basically makes fun of sequels the entire time. But, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like if it were just a little bit of malicious glee behind this movie would have just elevated it even more if it would have had that Joe Dante sense of humor. The other thing that make, makes it kind of Joe Dante-esque is the... Um it's kind of Gremlins too, because remember Gremlins two, also Christmas, also all within a major corporation's single building. Right, right. And it's the same thing. There he is. There he is. Yep. One Bill's of the real Murray life, brothers. Brother. I also, I've uh, a, a good buddy of mine, Adam, and I have always wanted to cross a thing they nail people to somewhere in our office at some point. Like <laughs> again, uh, one of those references that if you get it, you understand it, and if you don't, you're like, oh my god, you guys are really morbid. That's that's kind of terrible. This is the other weird thing. Like, how do you get Miles Davis? But you, yeah, to cameo in a a movie, right? Like, <sighs> I. It, it has to be it has to be the 
the Bill Murray factor? Like he he was I mean Actually, he was riding well, pretty high as a star at this point. I think it might be the um the Paul Schaefer factor to be honest. Because oh. him and Murray are, are big pals, hence why they did Mer- very Murray very Christmas. Murray Christmas yeah. And of course remember Murray has ties to Letterman, Letterman is Schaefer. So obviously they're all big pals. I think it's and the thing is the more I I read about it the more I find out we take Schaefer for granted right like in our heads it's kind of like uh, uh just goofy band leader stuff but you don't get to be band leader unless you're you're something else right yeah yeah cuz the well, whole idea is you're supposed to be so good you can improvise music on the spot <laughs> oh, he steals the cab from the lady yeah I <laughs> I guess that would make sense that he's, I mean, again, it's, he's probably calling in all of these favors like he did on very Murray Christmas. Uh, oh, uh, Mitch Glazer. I was wondering, cause some of the quotes said two of the best writers. So it's not just Michael uh, O'Donoghue, it was okay. Mitch Glazer as well. There we go. How do you, do you have the credits up right now? I have the credits up and I have some notes that I made here. Uh, Paul Schaefer. Uh, yeah, he was there. As a street musician, as he played alongside fellow musical legends Miles Davis, David Sanborn, and Larry Carlton. Oh, my God. Like, for a cameo, that was some high-powered musical talent. For, for a, there, It's like 15 12 frames. Shot. Yeah, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is one of the better. Yeah. The oh. big dog, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of cameos in this, especially once they start yep. filming Scrooge. And oh my god, I for, I completely forgot. It's been a it's been a while since I've actually watched this. I didn't watch it last year for various reasons. I forgot about this. <laughs> that smile, man. What a dick. Yeah, it was Murray that lured Mitchum in, too. Huh. They went, it was a small role, and they tried to sell him on it, and he wasn't going for it. So Donner invited Mitchum to sit down with Bill Murray, and the two hit it off. So that's how they got it. That makes, yeah, that makes perfect sense. How many of these Murray stories, like, you know, in Zombieland, where... Uh, they need a cameo all of a sudden and Woody Harrelson's like, oh, I'm buddies with Bill Murray. Why don't I call him? You know, like the, all of these things yeah. that happen in Hollywood just because people are friends with each other. That I think, I don't know. We talked about this before. I think what Bill Murray's doing with his fame at this point is some people kind of get reclusive. Some people just sort of spend the money, you know, travel and all that sort of thing. Pull an Angelina Jolie, see the world sort of thing. And I mean, technically he is seeing the world, but he's doing what nobody else seems to do, which is just kind of reveling in what it gives him. Like this weird, almost (laughs) magical, right? Like who else gets to like crash weddings? Crash weddings are now he's going to retirement homes, hanging out with uh, people in retirement homes. Exactly. Right. So I wonder if this, you know, it's the same thing, right? When somebody says, yeah, do you want to 
we're doing a movie. We need a cameo. Can you be you, but you've survived the zombie apocalypse by pretending to be a zombie? And he's like, yeah, I'm right. 20 minutes away. I'll be right there. Yeah. Like, just... Show, just point me where I need to go when I'm there. Yeah. Or maybe I have be Yeah. There's a Ghostbusters... There's an, uh, uh, an inadvertent Ghostbusters link right there. Tab still existed. <laughs> Sorry, Tab still existed as a diet soda. As a diet not soda, a, yeah. Not an energy drink. It was a trendy, uh, uh, oh, God, the golf ball. That was amazing. Ooh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, John Forsyth, good morning, angels. Oh, God, that's funny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying not to do the commentary where we're just watching it and laughing at stuff, but uh, yeah, it's a corny joke, but it works. Yeah, and especially because the makeup on this is so good. I mean, that's the again all practical stuff. Uh, imagine if they would have done this in CG at one point. Uh, you know, yeah, totally different feel. But uh, no, this works really, really well. Actually, all of the creatures in this. When he sees the ghost of Christmas future, that. Uh, that puppet is pretty good when he opens up the cape and sees all yeah. of the souls inside. Um, uh, yeah, it's again, but very dark. Like as a kid, this is kind of terrifying. You know, he shoots this guy several times in the chest and yeah, the funny part is with the lighting, actually small little aside, you can see his eye behind the glasses. Oh yeah. You kind of, you can, huh? So they for for the glasses bit they didn't bother to to cover his eyes they just did it special for the uh, like there is a lot of good horror in this movie oh yeah yeah like definitely like some rock solid horror I mean he's being kind of goofy right now but a soup yeah there yeah yeah <laughs> and again it looks really good yeah oh yeah who given that you- the guy actually does have his eyes there. Do you still have the credits up? Who did the makeup on this? The special effects makeup? Uh, I can tell you in one second here. Because this, I mean, this almost looks, you know, Rick Baker level, like caliber. I was trying to remember the name here. Just give me one second. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's some high-powered director of photography, too. Uh, it's Michael Chapman, isn't it? Michael Chapman, yeah. 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 Uh, you you know, again, another Ghostbusters link. Ghostbusters 2 was Michael Chapman. And actually, all of Ivan Reitman's films after that for a good period of time, like Dave and... I'm trying to think he did... I don't think he did Draft Day. He didn't do Evolution. Um, they have a makeup department. No, they have special effects makeup. Thomas R. Berman and Barry Dreedbin Berman. Hmm. The Bermans. The Bermans. Let me see. If... Oh, that bit, for example. God, yeah. the bone. That's, again, as a kid, terrifying. Gross. And he's hanging out of the window of the high rise and. Yep. And even even that that effect, it's that optical effect when he pushes him through the glass, and you can see there's that little bit of animation there. It's just it, it still holds up. It's still pretty good. It's supposed to, yeah. Cultural references, I think, are kind of slipping on it, but I don't know if that. Yeah. I think that's unavoidable. 
like he makes a Richard Pryor joke somewhere in here that. Right, right. And that was the most topical joke at the time that this movie had, because later on he's making like Richard Burton jokes. Like nobody gets the Richard <laughs> Burton jokes. <laughs> Henceforth. Henceforth. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah, I, I, you know, the good, the, the one thing that now is holding up is because all of the NBC live performances of Grease and Sound of Music and all of that. So at least that now we've kind of circled back on the live performance of something for a holiday as a as a special. Try, trying to drive people to your network on a on an event or make it sort of appointment television. Especially this was at the point where there were what three networks, four networks. So you know you wanted to get yeah. all those viewers in on the holidays with whatever it may have been. Uh, I feel like yeah, that's this was at a time where oh, what was the show I was listening to they were talking about a sitcom and it was drawing a 25 point share meaning a quarter of all viewers Jeez. were watching it and they cancelled it after two seasons because it wasn't the runaway hit they wanted and I think you and I talked about this before now with streaming and all that they're um, I mean people get uh, just over the moon if they get like an eight share and stuff. Yeah. Like that, so. Yeah. There are shows that are in their sixth or seventh season that only get like a two or a three share, you know, towel. Don't plug him in. <laughs> <laughs> plug him in. <laughs> I wonder if they ever sold those IBC towels. I'd love to give those as gifts one year just to be a total jerk. That would be a great one. And, and then send somebody a VCR. Be like, oh, I should have got that. There's some odd... Uh, it, <laughs> That's uh, John McClane's wife, isn't it? No, no, yep. no, not... Yeah, 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 it is. That's right. Again, another Donner film. And so... Uh, oh, no, not John McClane. Um... Oh no! What's her name? Is John McClane's wife? Yeah, no. Uh, I'm uh, I'm mixing my uh, action films. Gibson. Uh, what was his name? Merton Riggs. Oh, Lethal Weapon. Yeah. And she just recently passed away too, didn't she? So was she the mom in Ghostbusters too? Yeah, yeah. It's been like a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, it is her. I should have picked up on that. She just died this this past year, 2016, right? Yeah. Ay ay ay. This year, man. Huh. <laughs> the Rockets. The Rockets are still a thing, right? That's this isn't a dated reference, isn't it? Uh, it's not the Rockets, it's the Solid Gold Dancers. Oh, is it? It's <laughs> You can hardly see them nipples. He improvised that, by the way. I found out recently. Because <laughs> he's part of that same crew of guys. Like, second day. You can hardly see them nipples. And he's really looking. Um, it's the Solid Gold Dancers. And the fun part is, is they were canceled. Uh... Like, by the time this went into theaters, Solid Gold had been uh, canceled. So this was technically their last performance as Solid oh, Gold funny. Dancers. Make sure that nipples adorable. Are yeah. She I, so, okay so Indiana Jones this yep yep she was in the what was the um she did a couple of uh, historical ones didn't she 
Well, and she, yeah, and she was in, wasn't she in the Matthew Broderick uh, Project X movie that had so much controversy around it because of the way that they treated the animals or something? I think that was like one of the last things she did. I yeah, I can't recall. Don't know. She has director credits though, so even though we haven't seen her, she's probably been off. Oh, Starman. That was oh, another right. part of Star her Man. 80s. Uh... <laughs> there, Starman, there's a movie that I haven't watched in a long time that I love. <laughs> yeah, same thing. I'd like to watch that one. Yeah, no, she... It's funny. It's We thought she didn't show up until Indiana Jones, but she did. She just kept plugging away. Like she has a part in the perfect storm and stuff like that. So, oh, okay. If you had your eyes open, I guess we would have seen her, but we just I had a beard in that movie. You seen it? <laughs> so you're a goat, huh? <laughs> How's your mother? Say hi there for me. <laughs> oh, look, it's another shark. No, it's a shark former. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, you know what's interesting? Like this here, watching Bill Murray sort of turn on a dime from being. Yeah, make sure her nipples are covered, you know, that kind of, I, I, again, showing sort of what a great range of acting that Bill Murray actually has. He's got his sort of jerk, well, have you tried Staples? But yeah. yet he's also showing some tenderness and compassion for Karen Allen at the same time. It's um, For all they're not getting along, Donner, I don't know if he's taking credit, but he takes a certain amount of pride that he says this is the movie where Bill Murray learned to be a proper actor. Oh, I, I mean, maybe that's 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 very true. Because he couldn't be the goofball throughout the whole thing. He had to genuinely love this woman, right? Yeah. And that yeah. stuff that stuff has to read, right? Like, it's one thing to be goofy and funny, and you can do that and apply it everywhere. Well, and he applies it. You kind of see a little yeah. bit of that in Ghostbusters too, when he says, "Why don't I give you a jingle now?" Like the, when he yeah. makes that turn, it's the same thing that he just did with Karen Allen. You see that same sort of look on his face where you, like yeah. he sheds all of that armor just for the brief second, and then it's back it's a, on. It's a good comparison because, of course, he dated, well, sort of flirted with Dana on the first one. Not the same thing. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? It was it was flirty, goofy Bill Murray. It was, you know, getting the kiss and shaking his head at the end. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we <laughs> went with it. It was, and they were, they yeah. were. But think of the 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 scene in uh, uh, Lincoln Center. Right, right. Which is the closest they basically get to a tender moment. And it's basically the start of something. You know what I mean? It's flirty. Yeah, it's flirty, but it's still he's still being sort of the stripes meatballs era Bill yeah. Murray, where it's you know that kind of. But then of, Ghostbusters too, yeah, that whole not only her but uh, uh, with Oscar too, right? Because that was the other right. thing that could have killed it is if he couldn't, you know, because not only did he have to have chemistry with uh, Dana, he had to have chemistry with a you know baby that not his. It, yeah, I know Donner might be right. This might be the yeah. movie that kind of gave him. I mean, imagine imagine if they would have made Ghostbusters 2 a year prior to this. It would have. Yeah. I wonder if it would have been a lot different, if he wouldn't have had that same sort of tenderness in the way that he played those scenes. Okay, what was that for? <laughs> Every time I see that shot, I try and wonder. The insert shot of the taking the card. Like, it is so... 
and, and obviously, you know what I mean? yeah, not it's a second unit shot. It's not either one of the proper actors, and like, but it has to be. It, it, I guess it's very old, uh, older Hollywood because yeah, or TV. It has to be there because he needs the card later, right? Right. Yeah. You you have to emphasize it so that everybody understands. Oh gosh, the phone in a box. Yeah, cell phone. My dad had one of those. that guy really (laughs) yeah they got hit yeah that guy really gets hit not heavy but yeah speaking of uh dark horror (laughs) yes (laughs) the the flambe guy on fire that just gets me every time (laughs) oh god Uh... Have you ever seen anybody actually do this? Does have you ever been with somebody who brings their own silverware to a dinner? Did he bring it or is he just polishing it? Oh I yeah, he that, is. Yeah, it's coming out of his pockets. <laughs> and it's like I never gold. noticed that. It's an amazing touch. He won't eat off of their silver uh cutlery. He brings his own brings gold his own cutlery. Solid That's gold cutlery. Insane. And even still polishes it. And then and then the, again the brilliance of what they're doing here. Bill Murray's just mimicking it because he wants to be that power executive, so he starts polishing the silver. <laughs> like just such a funny moment. That is very funny. I see his face. Plastered to the window of every car via suction cups. <laughs> yeah, there's a very 80s tone to this thing. Like, you really kind of had to understand that Wall Street. Because the other thing is the 80s was like the kind of the clash of. It, you know, it was it was a golden age, the last golden age for the old school yeah hardcore business but then you get this weird 80s reagan yeah it was still sort of i mean that's why all the comedies were like the snobs versus the slobs Mm -hmm. kind of thing oh that's why i've seen him before the head waiter that seated them tony steedman oh who who is he (laughs) he's so great johnson and bill and ted's excellent adventure (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he loves San Dimas. San Dimas, most of all. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, he! Re- oh, he is. Oh my God, he ah, is. Ah! <laughs> okay, the bit where he's trying to indicate with his eyes. <laughs> Come on up, hang on. Here we go. <laughs> hmm. 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 this is what you get when you're day drinking it's noon guys it is noon you should not be hitting the gin and the scotch this early (laughs) yeah there's a a bill murray uh toolkit right there the lip twitch And now all I can see is uh, Socrates. Sorry. Dust. Wind. Dude. (laughs) Here it is. 
<laughs> Fire. Oh god. And then that little Danny Elfman child's choir thing that happens right as it, yeah. as it catches fire. <laughs> Again, uh, Danny Elfman, you can't picture anybody else doing the music for this because it has to have that sort of macabre sense of humor to it. Like the, the children's yeah. choir over all of this kind of violent imagery. He's good at it, but like we were talking about on his album, the surprising thing about the album is how much other stuff he did that was really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, all of the Scrooge, there all of the source music. There's the Richard Pryor joke. All right, kids, so... Richard Pryor had a drug problem in the 80s, <laughs> and he, uh, he accidentally set himself on fire um, <laughs> doing drugs, hence the reference. Hence the, yeah. I guess Do you belong I, to any clubs? No, no. No? Do you ever wonder about it sometimes? I, I mean, there's, there's a part of me that would uh, enjoy that, like the gentleman's social club where you go into yeah. the the place that smells of mahogany and smoke cigars and drink brandy or whatever. But, uh, but they were all designed to, you know, get away from, away from the wives and read the paper while you smoke <laughs> yeah, the cigar. Exactly. I just kind of want a club that I can go to and, um, I don't know, play games or something like that. Yeah. Uh, is there like a gentleman's club for like tabletop board gaming? I guess that's what a tabletop board gaming store is, but you know, classy. <laughs> coming up here uh proton charging's facebook profile photo there it is oh i changed it now oh you did he was there for a while okay. i'll have to put him back for christmas what's uh what's that actor's name johansson yeah david johansson, johansson. or uh buster poindexter, buster poindexter. Away, one of his that's what i was trying characters. to remember buster poindexter feeling uh, hot 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 yeah. hot hot yeah that's got to be a weird one to to, that's where you hit number one <laughs> after hot, hot, hot. after hanging out with Lou Reed, you know, as part of the New York Dolls and all that, right? So, <laughs> and again, both the two of them are are really close friends. Hence, uh, Johansson being in uh, a very Merry Christmas again. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot he's yes he shows up. He's sitting in the booth, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think this is this is kind of brilliant. First of all, it's the old checker cab, which is awesome, very New York. But then when the fair is what's counting down the years, that yeah. is such a cool touch. It um Christmas Carol is kind of There's a Christmas Carol and then there's Sherlock Holmes in terms of things that have been presented and reinterpreted over and over and over and over and over yeah. again. So Yeah. I think one of my arguments would be why this has lasted and grown as much as it has is for whatever it did at the box office at the time, every time Christmas comes around and you're presented with, well, a lot of B-grade Hallmark, you know, the magic reindeer lives in our backyard, you know, kids film sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, Hallmark channel kind of stuff, yeah. It's hard to kind of pull a more adult-based one that isn't completely syrupy, sickly sweet, and boring. And you kind of people cling on to those, right? I think it's one of the reasons why people cling to Die Hard as a Christmas movie, right? Sure. Just because it it is something wildly different from from other Christmas movies. So I think over the years, this has survived. That actually looked really good, to be honest. Yeah, it's pretty given good. The, 
given the effects they were using. It's still it's the same sort of effect they did with the window earlier that just yep. still holds up. That bit does. That, that does when not he look up to good. It. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like that's sort of look. There there is a common trope of the the Scrooge character that always seems to pervade throughout, like. You know, you've got the Nicolas Cage character who's not going to be home for Christmas because he's too busy working. Um, that, like, that is so cliche now. But in this instance, it just it feels different. It really works, and I don't know if it's because they've modernized it with him being a TV executive. I don't know why it still sort of feels like it rings true and doesn't feel cliche. But there's another Murray brother, by the way. Yep, Brian Doyle Murray, Ghostbusters two. Psych doctor. I think these people are completely nuts. Also, I meant to point it out when we uh, when we were there, but that shot of um, of Cross and the cab driver in front of the cab with like all of that atmosphere behind them and it's being lit by the Christmas lights. That's, I mean, hat, hats off to Michael Chapman. That's like a one perfect shot candidate right there. Yeah. Just so, I mean, so moody and atmospheric and. <laughs> I'm only four. <laughs> He's still wearing his butcher's uh, apron and just lays oh, down yeah. on the couch with all the blood on it. <laughs> who who plays his mom here? Is this somebody that we should recognize? Yeah, she's um. Oh God. Niagara Falls, Frankie baby. <laughs> Niagara, Niagara Falls. Falls. This is one of the other reasons <laughs> it works really well. Uh, brothers John Murray. Dad was Brian. I guess it'd be, yeah. What in today's marketplace is a forty or fifty dollar grade? <laughs> wow, she's a fairly busy character actress. She was in uh, Gremlins too, actually. Oh, um, a lot of TV work, actually. What uh, does it say? What she was in Gremlins too? <laughs> Yogurt customer. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. There you go. She's one of the like. Uh... Are these things pesticide free? She's one of those ladies, I think. Yeah. Right Lots before the gremlin bits. comes out of the toppings. Uh, yeah, Scrooge is actually one of her first roles. Hmm. She only started acting, according to Internet Movie Database, the year before. Oh, wow. She was That's... casting director at Hollywood Shuffle and then went on to do like a moonlighting and stuff like that. Oh. Like, this was really early in her. Uh... Impressive. That suit. Oh, my God, that suit. Oh, she's uh, Carol on Seinfeld. She has a reoccurring oh, role yeah. in Seinfeld. There we go. Okay. okay. <clears throat> Can't say that I've ever been to an office Christmas party where people are up on the desks and stuff like this, but uh, oh my I, have, God, I have been to a few wild ones. The hair. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. 
The funny part is Lumpy that hair. is his hair from the 70s. Like, that's true. Yeah, you, that's true. Yeah, that's how he that looked on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. That, oh There's my four God. sides back. That's the beauty of it, too, that they actually found a way to get it. Why, thank you, Tina. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that we get to see him alive, too. Oh, what's her name? Uh, she was in, um, she played the neighbor in Perfect Strangers. Um, right. She was Balky's girlfriend. Why can't I think of her name? But I could remember Balky. That's really sad. She was one of a handful of people that were part of a kind of an 80s precursor prototype to the uh, Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? She was that, they yeah, that's high, high-pitched, kind of squeaky-voiced. Uh, yeah, yeah, in the 80s, <laughs> we hadn't evolved enough yet, but in the 80s, same template, but they were kind of dumber. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The Manic Pixie Dream Girls, even though they present as kind of bimbo-ish, aren't necessarily bimbo-ish. Yeah, they're not. They have their own intelligence. It's just perhaps their own insecurities and all that to kind of offset it. Whereas in the 80s, they were bimbos. Yeah. Yeah. Like where he tells her, yeah, Chinese food full of cats. You shouldn't eat that. She's like, oh. <laughs> like, uh, that's, I, I mean, love Karen Allen. Yeah. She's cute. This is such a, this is such a sweet moment, too. Like, yeah. Again, showing showing Bill Murray being a little vulnerable, being a little like kind of kind of childlike. And some good riffs too, like where he's like, I'll go down and get it, and then go you you wait here. <laughs> Karen Allen's got a real uh, what's her name from WKRP five. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, what was her name? Actually, again, speaking of 80s types, because uh, what's her name from uh, Pandauber on, yeah. uh, on uh, Morgan Mindy Mor- and yeah. uh, long-haired brunettes. Something about long-haired brunettes in the 80s. Well, actually, they're the opposite of the bimbos. The long-haired brunettes were the uh, clever ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was always the sort of short, blonde-haired... Uh... Uh, oh my god what's her name in Ghostbusters you think it's too warm in here for the Brie Lewis I'm oh, going yeah. home <laughs> but speaking of it's that same sort of it's that same sort of stereotype <clears throat> what is Bill Murray wearing right now like what is yeah. this I was thinking I it's been a while since I've seen it too, but I remember thinking about this the last time I watched it, what good blocking this was. Yeah. Because that is the 10 years prior younger man would crouch down in front of the tree. Yeah. Nothing about Frank Cross in a suit says he'll ever. No, you know no, what I mean? no. Stu- crouch not down. Quite or literally even, stooping to that level. Yeah. yeah. Or be excited about something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the arguments that I've heard a lot now that uh, you know digital has replaced film, and so these improv comedians they just do everything in a wide shot, and so the blocking just doesn't have that same impact that you know when you had to be more carefully measured with how you set up a shot and what you were doing in that blocking of a shot, and again going back to the original Ghostbusters with the blocking between Peck and Vankman when they meet for the first time, like they're 
constantly trying to get onto each other's same level and see each other eye to eye as they stand up and like they're animals, they're predators. And, you know, you do kind of lose that now with even looking at the new Ghostbusters film, you know, how much of that was done in a two or a three shot where everybody is visible and there's no blocking. They're just, they're riffing, you know, and it's, I, I don't I don't think it's necessarily hurting things. I think it's just driving things in a totally different direction. Oh. Like that what you just pointed out would probably never occur in a in a improv comedy of of like this, you know? I just it's weird. It's different. It's pra- practical effects versus CG effects. It's just one of those things that's kind of going away. Yeah. It'll come around again. These things often do. That white turtleneck, man. I don't know why I'm so I'm still hung up on what he's wearing right now. <laughs> yeah, because part of your brain is going. That must be so hard to keep clean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. White turtleneck, slacks, and like brown loafers. My wife would not approve of this outfit. Is all I'm saying. I would not be able to leave the house in that. See, that's that's cool. I like how they do that and get you to 1971. Public access kids shows like this. That's another thing that's kind of disappeared, huh? Uh, not public access, local. Or, access. Yeah, local. Sorry, local, not public access. But yeah, <laughs> the sort of uh, uh, Blinky, Blinky the Clown, which would he had in Denver, is long gone. But this sort of like... Yeah, they could only really transmit so much. Or they sent... Uh, on film, I guess. Yeah. Cause I don't think, well, 71, I mean, I guess they were probably doing tape, but going back to like the fifties and all that, cause this thing persisted into the early eighties, this concept of you had three or four networks. They all had their local affiliates as opposed to cable where they could just feed out to from wherever to the rest of the country. And yeah, if they had to fill time, they made their own programming. Yeah. So okay, uh, so don't kid kid shows and uh, midnight movie stuff was stuff that they often yeah exactly the, the hosted horror films yeah um uh, something I just noticed Chris uh, when he's in front of the set out there on stage on the tree yeah. there's like an etched in heart with the arrow through it and yeah. the names are Dick and Lauren if you go back and look at it which I'm sure is uh, Richard Donner and Lauren Schuler Donner ha 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 the director paying. The respect to his wife. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I've never noticed that before. <laughs> How could you not have a crush on Karen Allen? How could you look I know, at right? this, this shot here and, you know. Come on, Frank. Get your shit together. How can you not look at her and go, you know what? I'll even even overlook the coat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's the 70s. It's okay. The However, freckles go a long way, too. She's It's the freckles. Her yeah. and her adorable freckles. What's funny is all of these decades that we kind of go through, and Karen Allen's hair never changes, though. She's always got the like long hair with bangs. This is the stuff I notice now that my wife is a hairstylist. 
Never would have noticed that before. It's a bone, you You lucky lucky dog. (laughs) The male, I I recognize the mailman in that scene too. The guy that's like, it's a bone. He's he's like a character actor that's. Again, somebody big, uh, too big to have just one line in a movie like this. Uh, Roy Brocksmith. Yeah, there he is again. Uh, he's an exec in Total Recall. Oh, right, right. He's uh, one of the couple with the popcorn that dies from spider bite and arachnophobia. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, man. I'm, I'm literally trying to think of the stuff that people might be able to call up in their brains because he's done a whole yeah. crap load of stuff. He's one of those guys that you recognize, you know. Yeah, I did a whole crap of like uh, Star Trek, for example. Yeah, he's a board member in the Hudsucker Proxy. Uh, a lot of TV, which is probably why we recognize him. Yeah. <laughs> and a character actor all over TV, like Seinfeld, Golden Girls. Wow. Seinfeld and Golden Girls were on at the same time. Think about that for a minute. That's that's crazy. How There was a little bit of overlap, right? Not a Not lot. Not a lot, but yeah. they overlapped. I mean, one was probably going in and the other one was coming in. Did you know that there was a Golden Girls oh. spinoff? Totally derailing. And speaking of which, he was in Bill and Ted as well. Bill and Ted's uh, bogus journey. Oh, he was he's one the of cop. the deputies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Whoa. Are those donuts? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he That's was the right. doctor. One of the implant doctors in Total Recall. Uh, There's Buddy Hackett. Yeah. Speaking of faces, kids might not. God. Uh, Houseman as well. Uh, this was Houseman's last movie, I think. Oh, really? Uh, he died like a month before it came out. Oh. So actually, maybe he did something before it, but this was... This was his last role? John Houseman, yeah. yeah. Buddy Hackett, I think people would recognize his voice more than... It, I mean, the Little Mermaid and his uh, seagull character, probably everybody recognizes, but... Hey, look yeah. at that insert of the card again. Again, just so we're keeping... <laughs> um. Gilbert Gottfried does a really good Buddy Hackett, and one of the things he's fixated on is they did um, Harvey Corman and uh, Buddy Hackett as Abbott and Costello, like they did a, a TV <laughs> biopic. And the movie ends with Buddy Hackett can't really do. I, I mean, I guess he's kind of akin to uh, Costello, and he's in bed in the hospital. <laughs> And somebody smuggles him in a, a milkshake. And his last line in the movie is, I've had a lot of strawberry maltage in my day, <laughs> but this was the best. And then he dies. And, so, and Gilbert Godfrey is just fixated on this terrible oh, death God. scene. <laughs> um, <laughs> he does, Mary he... Lou Retton's another one. Like Mary Lou Retton, like big big athlete star at the time. Yeah. I don't know if anybody remembers now. Totally. Yeah. Non, I mean, even when the summer Olympics come back around, nobody really kind of mentions her that much, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another wild and woolly one. Again, (laughs) another actress who's been all over the place, right? Cause 
Buddy Hackett, uh, speaking of uh, Gilbert Gottfried, Buddy Hackett has one of those voices that he could never do prank phone calls, kind of like when he did that Don Knotts thing with... Uh, <laughs> is this Don yeah. Knotts? Oh, God, it's not Don Click. <laughs> did you find the bit uh, where Gottfried talked about later uh, his daughter came up to talk to him? Oh, Don Knotts' daughter? Don Knotts' daughter. Yeah. And the family thought it was one of the funniest things ever. <laughs> Uh, n- nope. Depending on shooting, <coughs> the Internet Movie Database puts the naked gun oh. uh, right after Scrooged. Okay. I don't know by what metrics they figure out which comes first. I guess Naked Gun. Well, Naked Gun did come out like a year after this, I want to say. It wasn't Naked yeah, Gun 90? Okay. So, Houseman, that would have been, uh, God, another lineup of faces that everybody should yeah. know, right? And that's that's Mama Fratelli right there, isn't it? Mama Fratelli. Yeah. yeah. Um uh, what's his name? Oh, got both of them. Uh from The Burbs? Isn't that the guy from The Burbs? No, 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 no. Uh, I'm sorry. It's not. It's uh Shoot, I'm thinking of uh the guy uh Oh man, he was in everything. But that's definitely not him. Uh speaking of horror, um Oh god, what's the character's name? The little guy that he was just hanging out with. Cuz he has that terrifying bit later on. That's one of the bits of this movie that really freaked the shit out of me. The the frozen guys? When he freeze he froze to death, yeah. 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 Like that really just threw me for a loop. Because it's dark. It is not a. <laughs> yeah, it's it's dark and it's like. <clears throat> oh, I don't know. Because he's down in that uh, sewer or wherever he is. Uh, just. Definitely not uplifting. Still very dark. Very dark comedy. Very interesting. The other guy. So, Anne Ramsey, Mama Fratelli. Right. And the older gentleman, it's um, her husband, Logan Ramsey. Who, oh, again, in real been life. In, in real life, been in a crap load of stuff. How funny. But the two of them were married. Now, Ma- I mean, Mama Fratelli makes sense. Again, Richard Donner, uh, director of, of Goonies. Um, yeah. So, it's, it's weird. There's just so many, there's weird overlaps here in character actors. There's like... Donner's stable of people. There's Bill Murray's stable of people. There's these sort of dark comedy of the people that you would see in the Joe Dante movies. This is something I want to point out to people because I think this is kind of important as a, uh, a script thing. Because the bit prior to this, what was the standoff? She's like, our friends are coming over for Christmas Eve. And he was like, well, the boss wants me to us to go have dinner with him. Yeah. And... You know, that was their breakup point. He then comes to reconnect with her. And he invites her to come with her. And her thing is not to say can't. She comes up with a compromise. But he then gets all butthurt that she's not, that like even the compromise doesn't mean anything to him. Yeah. Hey there. It's all gold dancers. (laughs) Yeah, those are really tiny G-strings. What the hell? There's Housewood. Right. Fam- family program, you know. Of course. 
you do you need your uh, Greek choir to introduce the yeah <laughs> even if they're in G strings. It was a nice mirroring of the two things where they had conflicting agendas, and uh, like it played out so selfish for him in both cases. Even though technically the things were flipped, it was I don't know. It's something I always liked because it comes one right after another. Yeah, yeah. He's just John Glover is so good at this kind of. I wish he. I wish he did more now. I think the last thing he was in was the RoboCop reboot, right? Um, I feel like that was the last he thing. Was Lex Luthor's dad on Smallville? Oh yeah, you did he right. do something after yeah. that? Yeah, he was. Uh, actually, he was in two DC. He was in one of the uh, Joel Schumacher Batman's too. I think was it Batman Forever? I can't remember which one it was. Craig, Abigail, where are you? I think it was Batman <laughs> Forever. There's the Murray mug. That that same sort of like, wait three seconds, then turn, mug to the camera, and then continue on. That sort of like... He does the exact same thing when he's talking to Elaine on World of the Psychic. It's that, like, wait a second, turn to camera, mug, continue. <laughs> Carol Kane. Hang on a sec here. She's got a line here. It's a ball breaker, sweet. As props go, I would actually love to have that, that actual title suit? card yeah. framed. There it is. I'm a little muddled. That's the from the Wizard of Oz. Speaking of Christmas films, oh, favorite Christmas films. The the is it Glenda's line? She actually has. Uh, yeah, Glenda the Good Witch is a little muddled. Yeah, I've never. Something I was going to comment on. I never. I never took a. What did they? Uh, what was the cab company called for the Ghost Christmas Past? Because uh, something I only recently noticed is his uh, cabby hat has wings and a one on it because he's the first ghost. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, this was a tough, tough go round in the filmmaking. Oh really? Uh, why? This well, is because from Star it was Yeah, it wasn't looking right. So Murray said, "You just have to go for it." But he was hurting her. Like he, act- she actually ripped that. Whatever uh, that little bit of skin is on your inside of your lip, that it oh. connects it to the. She tore that. But apparently, every time she like, because they just went, she just went for it. Like she, he, you have to actually. <laughs> <laughs> And she would, they'd shoot for 20 minutes and then she'd break down. Like she'd just be a mess. Oh, no. I mean, it, it's, it, it's very physical. You can't fake a lot of this. No. She's really hitting him. They're really. It works though. Yeah. This is possibly my favorite part of the whole movie. This is almost, it, it's a very similar character that Carol Kane plays in um, Princess Bride. 
just with a little less makeup. <laughs> well, yeah, it's Carol Kane being kind of Carol Kane. Yeah, exactly. Because let's be honest, it's her and Kimmy Schmidt too. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I'll be it on a little more drugs. Slightly demented. Yeah. The, I always used to joke um, if they ever got around to making a Sandman movie, and they keep talking about it. If the timing had been right, Carol Kane should have been um, uh, his sister. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's her name? I'm blanking it's on not, it too. Uh, not Madness, but you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. God, I need to go back and reread some Sandman. Because it's exactly the same thing, right? Just a completely scattered blonde. Who, not in a dumb way. She's just, her brain is completely. No, yeah. The all manic, over the place. Very manic. You know, we we haven't talked about Alfred Woodard. Was this her first movie? I mean, we we uh, take Alfred Woodard. It was Woodard her breakout. For, yeah, like for, it, it seems like she's <laughs> everywhere now, and you know, she's in the Marvel universe, obviously, and uh, Star yeah. Trek universe uh, in First Contact, obviously. But um, I mean, I'd guarantee you, I'll check. But she probably did other stuff prior. But I know this is the one where she came to everybody's attention. Yeah, which makes sense because she's got what's technically a small role and she walks away with it. Like she, she really has does. scenes with Bill Murray and holds it. <laughs> like not only holds it, kind of takes it from him in a couple of places. Well, and, and kind of, I mean, again, it's a good sort of modern day reflection of what Bob Crotchet would be in real life. You know, it's the family living out of a single bedroom apartment with, you know, four or five kids yeah. and, living paycheck to paycheck working for this crazy executive who doesn't yeah, give a shit about not an, you. Not an accounting clerk. She's a personal yeah. assistant. And yeah, exactly. No, she started in 78. She did a whole bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. TV movies, small reoccurring role in Hill street blues. Oh, okay. That makes sense. God, that uh, was a good another, show. Another couple of re- small reoccurrings in a couple of TV series. Yeah, bit parts. La la. Again, Saint Elsewhere. She was mm. a doctor on Saint Elsewhere. Okay, so maybe I actually would argue that Saint Elsewhere was probably yeah because that was eighty five to eighty eight. Saint Elsewhere ended, and then she went on to Scrooge in eighty eight. This is where she so, sort of transitioned into film. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's the weird thing now that like <sighs> I love this dog. Um, there's there's not the that crossover from film to TV uh, back in the eighties like everybody sort of frowned upon TV and if you were an actor you didn't want to be in you didn't want to be in TV if you were a film actor and if you were on TV you struggled because you couldn't become a film actor there was like this weird yeah. sort of stigma and now you look and you've got like you know Julia Roberts Vincent D'Onofrio like all of these huge A level film actors that do TV shows and Anthony Hopkins yeah. you know. It's really crazy because for the longest time, people were like, the budgets aren't there and they're doing stupid stuff on television, so we're not going to do television. Yeah. It's yeah. all in movies. And now it's flipped. Nobody's putting out budgets for movies. Like, I turn on Netflix and the number of big name actors that are in in weird, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's Bruce Willis movies that never went to theater that are just thrown up on Netflix and all that. I'm like, what the hell is this? We got two, two Murray brothers talking to two each other. Two Murray brothers? Here. Yeah. With the third watching. Which one wrote the book? Um, no, not the, I'm thinking of the Aykroyd brothers. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're thinking about uh, Peter Aykroyd, right? Yeah. 
The SS Minnow. That's my. <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> Is the lady in the red wearing uh, polar bears on her ears? What is yeah, that I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I know something you don't know. I know something you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Secretary. I mean, yeah, that, that Pioneer VCR probably cost a pretty penny in 1988. Oh, yeah. It's a high-end VCR. It probably had uh, auto-tuning or auto-tracking on it. Uh, oh, that's Wendy Malick. In the red? Yeah. Go back. Go back. No, go back to her. Oh, right, it's tax-deductible. <laughs> So easy, right there. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Ever see everybody in this movie is? I mean, look, everybody is somebody. That's a stupid yeah. thing to say. But I was gonna say everybody in this movie is somebody. <laughs> you know. The funny part is I got reacquainted with her because she does voices on Bubble Guppies. <laughs> oh really? Well, because I'm listening, I'm like, why does that voice sound familiar? everybody kind of remembers her from um, Just Shoot Me and all that. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's all over television. Oh, here we go. (laughs) A really amazing, like, set design and all that. Yeah, the icicles and... Yeah. And cold, no CGI, they... What was this... was this actually filmed in New York City? All of that stuff so. in the taxi cab looked like it had to have been. But maybe it's yeah. one of those where they filmed some exteriors. Uh... I don't think this was, though. I mean, those icicles well, are no. wobbling around. and Yeah. But they obviously AC'd it pretty heavy to... Well, to have the visible breath. <clears throat> oh, Marvin. Uh, frozen holding the pocket watch, too. Herman, not Herman. That would explain why I was having trouble. Michael J. Pollard, of course. Terrible. I'm great at faces, terrible at terrible names. Terrible with names. Oh, same here. <laughs> Liz says hi. Again, um, nobody, nobody gets that probably now. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde, which I had never seen before and only recently watched. And oh, he's in it. Really? Yeah, he's the gas station attendant oh. that uh, they convinced to empty the cash register and Damn. join them. It's been a while since I've watched that, yeah. This is there's a little little shade of Groundhog Day in here. You know, the the homeless guy that no matter what he does he can't save his life. Yeah. Little little echo of that moment. And having to come to the grip, like, because this is the same as in Groundhog Days, which is he has to come to grips with the fact that sometimes this stuff happens, right? Like, yeah. Happens, happens, and it's completely unavoidable no matter what you do. Yeah. Although, in this case, it's a really nice one because he's yelling at him. 
but he should have stayed with Claire when really he's kind of shouting at himself. (laughs) 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 Like the way that they're so merciless with the standards and practices lady that, I mean, again, this is uh, a little bit of a comment. I'm sure somebody somewhere uh, might have called out, but I'm sure that Michael O'Donohue had to deal with that on Saturday Night Live on a daily basis. (laughs) And this is him getting out a little bit of aggression on, you can't say that on live television. Frank's all right, everybody. <laughs> this one's for Frank. I feel real weird about that. <laughs> now I just I really want to watch Very Murray Christmas. I feel like that's that's a good follow up to this movie. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Grace, watch the show. (laughs) (laughs) He's holding the script in his hand, too. Like, stop scaring Frank. (laughs) We we have to show that this guy's an actor somehow. Let's have him continue holding the screenplay, even though he's wearing a mask where he probably can't see it. There's no reason for him to be holding that script other than just to telegraph that that's not the real ghost of Christmas future. Can you remember hip hop? What? <laughs> Why is there a yeah, never mind. She was a gymnast, ladies and gentlemen. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> um You and I were talking before about um visual comedy which has kind of been a lost art recently in, uh, in film. Yeah. This one has a lot of really good examples, actually that bit where he's on his knees talking to her with the elevator doors and then lets them go. Yeah. Like closing doors on a guy on his knees. <laughs> funny. Yeah. Funny. Free South Africa. It wasn't free at the time, kids. <coughs> oh God. The white buttons. Did you see that? No. Uh. Uh-uh. What was it? If you watch it again, the guy, the guy in the green sweater, sweater there on the side, there's a quick shot of him. Uh, he's at the uh, editing uh, board the there. Yeah. And there's there's an array of like 20 or 30 buttons, and they've all got black and white shapes on them because it's the style of the video wipe. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> you know, arrow left, arrow right. There, so you can kind of oh, see yeah. it at the edge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doing the, yeah, the live, live oh, camera calling. Um, I did like in that, that wide shot that they had of all of the TV screens, it was nothing but product placement. It was like Black yeah. & Decker Presents, and then there's like the Nike logo up on the top. And again, what kills me is, is that his, his, his thing about the whole TV for cats was actually right. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. People actually studied it, people actually proved it, and then yep. people started making it. Ugh. TV for cats, TV for dogs, it exists. I wonder if that's a real picture of them. Uh, no, because it's the little boy in the... Uh, oh, you're right, it scene. is. Okay. Yeah. yeah, shoot. I would like that stricken from the record, please. 
magically this all looks a whole lot better than it did in earlier scenes too like you can the set dressing actually has some depth to it there's a little bit of forced perspective it doesn't look like a two-dimensional set This is amazing. Yeah, this Again, is a pretty good shot. Again, another fantastic use of. I feel like this one. I feel like this one holds up really well too. Really well. Tab again, by the way. Yeah, tab and vodka. Yum. Or that tab sounds, and gin. I guess it's gin. That sounds horrible. Either way, tab and anything sounds horrible. <laughs> like that's. This scene is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Like those three shots are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. I love when he starts singing Santa Claus comes to town here. This is one of my favorite parts. (laughs) Destroys the the Emmys. Yeah. The little, uh, (laughs) Oh God! With her, with her. You had a bad day. Oh God, those monochromatic consoles. Again, another weird thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah, the computer terminals that they're working yeah, on those monochromatic terminals, and that's eighty-eight, eighty-nine. Yeah, oh like, God, how fast university- that happened. Yeah, like when I went to university in 91, 92, the library still had them for their searches and all that, but all the computer labs had transitioned over to PowerMax and all that. Right, right. <clears throat> Just a... <laughs> Poor, I mean, Bob Bobcat's character that he plays, you know, in this movie and Police Academy, obviously, and... I just I I wish that he still did that shtick. <laughs> I just I mean I know that he's a director and he's done some amazing films now and and that this was all kind of like, you know, a sly Stallone Rocky kind of act, but oh yeah, those guys are awesome. That looks good. So, uh, that holds up still. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah, the digital ghost is really yeah. Well, it makes sense. Ghost of Christmas Future has a little digital touch. See that? Okay, so this is what really... So you've got the stylized hallway here. Also a little Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Um, But when he's inside the coffin in the the crematorium, man, that... Terrifying. Yeah, another bit. Sort of like Herman getting frozen. The bit where they're they burned Frank. Yeah. yeah, that's uh It's funny how they stylized just a little bit they stylized the outfits to give a hint of future. Yeah. Without it actually trying to be future. Without it you know being I mean? futuristic, yeah. 
So her outfit is a little strange, right? Just to kind of suggest. <laughs> She's got that weird sort of cloak thing. It's the future, you know. And then Claire and her friends in a minute. Yeah, and they're all in sort of like uh, Bill and Ted. Yeah, this like. Yeah. Yeah, she's got like the geisha makeup on. Uh... You know what? The, what I've never really actually thought about is uh, the the Tiny Tim character being uh, institutionalized, but he just he doesn't talk. Why? Why would you ever? I don't understand. Why oh, would the poor guy be in a padded room? Well, it's trauma. Remember, uh, the Ghost Christmas present said he stopped talking when he saw his father die. Oh, right. Okay, so not, not died. He even got killed in yeah. front of him. again an '80s phenomena is that. Uh... Yeah, so he got uh, presumably got shot then. As part of the whole '80s, we haven't quite transitioned into uh, lower crime rates, sort of thing. And yeah, it, and he stopped talking, and then slowly but surely, just sort of. Descended from there. It, Fade away. Oh, that shot with yeah, the superimposed with the skull. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Kit, the idea is is that he just continues to get worse and worse. Is it uh, is it just me or does Karen Allen kind of look like Isma from The Emperor's New Groove in this makeup? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like just a bit. The pointy, uh, pointy lips and the white skin. And an interesting choice that they made them all set pieces. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they they come off the elevator and it's uh, uh this looks like a this looks like the lobby at Twentieth Century Fox, by the way, which is really Does weird. It? Yeah, when you oh. enter through the doors, it looks like this. All of that sort of Hi, slate buddy. gray. Hi. You're home. Hey, Hello. we have a guest. 20 minutes too early. Did you have fun with mommy? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I'm oh, watching no. a movie with Troy. Do you want to say hi to Troy? Put the earbud in. Sure. Say hi, Troy. Hey, buddy. Hi, Troy. Hello. Welcome to the commentary. Oh. <laughs> what are you guys doing? He and I are watching this movie together, and we're talking about it. So, how was... How is it going? It's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. It's almost over. What are we going to do after? Are you going to have a nap? No. Are we going to make something? Going to bake? Yeah. What are we going to bake? Cookies. Cookies. Oh, man. Sounds good. You thought Daddy what a good job he did? This is like one of the sweetest conversations to happen during one of the darkest points of the movie. I love it. Yarn off the wall. I don't talk. No, I don't. So you had a bad trip is what it is. Okay, yeah. you and I have a talk later, okay? Talk. Talk. She already did. Okay, you two go upstairs and you and I are going to make cookies after, okay? Okay? I have to watch. No, you can't watch the rest of this. You and I are going to watch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What we watch later? No, you can't watch this part. No. Ru- Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? No. No? You're still recording? Yes, we're still recording. <laughs> Not everybody thinks I'm a horrible wicked witch of the West. No. Nobody thinks anything like that. Although they got a little wind that Thomas got out of control when he went shopping Uh-oh. with Mommy by the sounds of it. Yeah, he did. Somebody had a meltdown. Okay, listen. So if you and I are going to make cookies later, you go upstairs now, and I'll be up in a minute, okay? 
but I need to finish up with Troy. Okay. Okie doke. Do we have to have a nap now, or are you coming up shortly? Uh, 20, 25 minutes? Okay, well, if it's 20, 25 minutes, you have time for lunch. Do you want your lunch? <coughs> <laughs> this interaction has been fantastic. <laughs> it's, Elliot, it's almost like they kind of split Cratchit two ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that Ellie, he's kind of crashed. They yeah. part, it's part Alfred Woodard and part Bobcat. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of put the home and Tiny Tim into, um, and a little bit of mistreatment into Alfred Woodard's character. And then, yeah. The disgruntled employee becomes. Yeah. yeah. And then they kind of ramped it up. It's not a big, it's not like half and half, but it's like they took a little bit and. Well, it's sort of, it's, it's two sides of what, uh, corporate life is now where it's like, I can't believe you made me work on Christmas versus I can't believe you laid me off on Christmas. On Christmas. Yeah. Like two very, uh, horrible things to do if you're the Scrooge character. You lad, what day is it? <laughs> Standards and practices lady. The funny part is they gave uh, Bryce a little bit of comeuppance, and every time, I, oh, yeah, yeah, there's there's a slight bit of taking over from him, but he's not super horrible either. He's just a little Weasley, yeah, yeah, but not terrible Weasley. It's almost like they, t- I don't know. <coughs> There's uh, maybe there was more in there where he was a little darker. It's almost like in Jurassic World when the babysitter uh, assistant gets like brutally, brutally killed, and you go, "Wow, that seemed a little unnecessary." She didn't. Yeah, she was just a little neglectful. But mind you, right. he gets taken down a peg. It's not like he gets fired or anything like that. Well, no, he does a little bit because <laughs> well, here, he says you're yeah. a butthead. It also, he's never felt this way about a man before. Um, <laughs> So I guess he did get taken down. It was kind of a strange one. On a Christmas Eve. (laughs) Yeah. wonder... That camera guy looks familiar, too. I wonder if he's one of the camera guys from SNL. Maybe. Because the props guy looks familiar and the, the camera guy looks familiar. Or from Letterman or something? I, they somewhere somehow these guys have possibly been camera operators and props guys in something somewhere. God, those cameras are huge. DSS Minnow. I really like that picture frame. It's really tacky, but I really like it for some reason. Oh, I just know the TV's being held up by the VCR box. Yeah. <laughs> I've never noticed that before. Yeah, because they're not super rich. They yeah. got their first home and they're making do. And That really, when uh, freshman year of college, we had a coffee table that was two milk crates and a couple of pizza boxes. That was our, uh, it started smelling and then it had to get thrown away. 
the poor standards and practices lady. She's just trying to do her job. She's, she's Bryce Cummings is the idiot, sir. <laughs> yeah. Also, why is he tied up? I mean, that's it. A flatulating butthead. <laughs> <laughs> Kicks the cat. <laughs> Again, he's the villain because he literally kicks the dog, kicks the cat. It's a weird kind of message, this this idea of Oh, I see the guy that you think is Harris Yulian. He's another character actor. Yeah. He, it's, I think it's the hair. He's kind of got that yeah. same sort of hair, but. Uh, it's not just a message of be with your family on Christmas, but it's a message of leave the TV alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't, uh, you spend, spend that time with your family and. This, for this exact reason, this scene right here, I would love to see Bill Murray do any type of a live reality or live variety show <laughs> because stuff like this would probably happen the is entire that, time. That's Gretzky's wife, I'm assuming. Oh, is it really? Well, oh, she that's... was a solid gold dancer and it kind of looks like her. Oh, yeah. I, I've, I've never made that connection either. Go Wayne Gretzky. All right. Good man. Or maybe not. I could be wrong, but. <laughs> their TV's on top of the VCR box, too. Everybody, everybody has put their TV on top of the VCR box. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> Such a this is such a great movie. I mean, I, okay, so it's a little dark. You know, I, I feared when Thomas walked in, especially during that scene that we were talking about, being probably one of the darkest moments of the movie. Kind of, kind of not a good kids movie. Although I saw this when I was seven, eight, I want to say, and it was again, it was all because of Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, Bill Murray. Oh definitely. Didn't I? I mean, it was scary. I don't think it really traumatized me that much. I don't think I understood a whole lot of this either. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a senior theater. I was actually movie-going age. <laughs> the... I think the the movie. I wish I would have seen this in an actual theater because of the stuff that happens over the credits. Like that's you you need to be in that environment for that because it didn't have the same effect when you're sitting there watching it on your eight inch black and white uh, television uh, on a VHS tape that you've rented. And he's like, okay, now the left side of the theater, ah, the right side of the theater. Oh, well, <laughs> this is not made for me. One of the IBC execs was um, Dick Blasucci. Who's that? Dick Blasucci? Uh, Simpsons writer. Oh, really? And director, yeah. Huh. Again, probably a, a friend of Michael O'Donohue's, I would imagine. Yeah, probably. Or maybe, did he, did he do SNL writing, possibly? 
Uh, SCTV writing. Oh, SCTV. Okay. Well, yeah, there you go. You know, that's the fun with, of all the people that are in this movie. There's not a whole lot of the second city folks, if any, except for the Murray's. <coughs> yeah, that'd be it. Yeah, no, no SCTV, no Second City, no Saturday Night Live uh, cast members. But I wonder if that's you know Bill Murray trying to distance himself, especially if if this is the first thing that he did after the Ghostbusters phenomenon, trying not to. Uh, he really gets into it at this part. Yeah. This also sounds improvised, doesn't it? Yeah, like I, it feels a lot like he kind of tapped into it. Especially since this bit started off with him talking to, to his real brother as a brother. Oh, I'm kind of yeah. wondering if maybe he just didn't just roll it going. all together. I mean, again, uh, all the more reason I'd love to read that original script. Like how much of this was on the page? How much of this was improvised? Obviously, the God bless us, everyone was something that had to be scripted, but yeah. <laughs> sure, you don't want another take on that, Alfrey? We'll we'll just do one more clap. Just you sure you don't want one more? Yeah, I don't know how many takes they would have taken. Of all this stuff. With, yeah, with all of the extras involved, and especially if he's improvising this. Yep. Red light it's on very, that camera's on. It's very organic, too. I think you just turn it on and go for it. Yeah, that's Blasucci in the background there. Huh. Murray's head's kind of over him. Yeah, right there. Turned his head around. That's, I wonder how many other sort of writers of that caliber make an appearance in this movie too. That's the that's the thing that got me is that scene where at the shelter they're watching and they're like, yay! And somebody's going, it's too bad Herman's not here. Has anybody seen him lately? <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. We're having a great Christmas. Tomorrow's going to be miserable. Um, but Has anybody noticed somebody's missing here? That's right. In about three weeks from now, when a city worker finds him, it's going to yeah. be a real bad time for all of us. But I right now, that's, that's there he is. Yeah. Yay, Herman. I, they did give him a happy ending. Though, yeah. So I, guess that's... I was going to say that's they, they don't really acknowledge that. You'd think that one of the things that he should say is like, there's a guy under the street right now. Go that's save right. him. Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, so they do the Mitch and Michael with the ampersand. So that means they wrote it together. Nobody overwrote each other. Interesting. There you go. Michael Chapman. Yeah. Oh, J. Michael Riva. Okay, that makes sense. All that production design, like those, like you were saying, the set pieces on the elevator, all of those were great. Feed me Seymour. Yeah, improv, because yeah. he basically did it about the year before or months before. I love the guy in the like Hawaiian shirt there. He's really getting yeah. into this. Dude, that's not a Christmas shirt. It's only f- you said festive. <laughs> I mean, this makes me happy. It's quite festive. 
Yeah, all of this, this is the, I, I know this is what everybody sort of remembers and takes away from this movie is like Bill Murray just being Bill Murray over the credits here. The whole movie. Interesting. Yeah. Again, I'd love to read the original script because Mary Ellen Trainer, the woman we were right wondering about, uh, one of the execs, her name in the movie. What's that? Ted. Ted. <laughs> <laughs> um. No. T- sorry, we didn't have any time to change the name of your character. Yeah. Or they just thought it was hilarious. Like she came in, like because she could have come in and like maybe for Claire's role or something like that, and said we'll find something for her. And then as a joke, when they decide, I put her as an exec, and then just leave the name. <laughs> because remember, Ted. she's the exec with the most line. She has to actually interact with right with Murray and all that speaking role. Mary Lou Retton gets like top billing here, which is weird too. Yeah, because at the time, that's eighty eight. When was her Olympics? Was Two years before? Was it the 84 Olympics? Yeah. 88 was winter, so 86 would have been her Olympics. Huh. And I know that because 88 was in Calgary when I was there. <laughs> nice little uh, last-minute animated. Yeah, exactly. The, the pop uh, cover of Put a Little Love in Your Heart here stayed with me. Uh, Stuart Baird... He's a director now, I think, isn't he? Camera guy, uh, I think he directed like a Star Trek movie. Very well could have. Yeah. Let me check here for you. And in the meantime, I'm just waiting to see that Mary Ellen Trainer Ted credit here in The Crawl. Let's see if that comes up. Because that's funny. That's really funny. Yeah. That'll be interesting to find out if it's... Uh... Just uh, IMDb or not? B-A-I. Stuart Baird, editorial department, post production yeah. consultant. Yeah. yeah. He no. No. I'm maybe thinking of somebody else. Stuart Baird. Yeah. No, he's a director. Hmm. Known for editor. Skyfall, Green Lantern, Salt. Oh, yeah. So he's a he's okay. a heavy editor. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, only three director credits, but he's all over the place. Yeah, he's a he's a heavy, heavy used Makes editor. Sense. I wonder if he did a lot of collaborating with Donner or something. But uh, also, uh, possibly music recorded Burbank Studios, same place where Ghostbusters was filmed. Paul Campanello. So yeah, I, I I was I was wondering if we were going to be able to talk over the entirety of Scrooged. I should never doubt us our and ability our ability to talk. to talk over things, especially talk over things. Yeah, exactly. But I, I'm surprised. I mean, there's so much about this movie. It's very, it's very intricate. It's very detailed. A lot of actors that we uh, called out. I mean, uh, a few few ties to Ghostbusters. Yes, indeed. Uh, very si- similarly toned as Ghostbusters too, I feel like yeah. that same sort of matching of horror and comedy sort of seeps through into this. Oh yeah. New York crew. Okay. So they did film in New York. Oh, small fun fact. Keith Herring's, uh, that free South Africa sticker yes. that was on the yeah. thing. There's a couple of posters, uh, related to the series. They're Keith Herring works. 
And it's a Donner thing because he put them in uh, Lethal Weapon 2 as well. Interesting. All right, here we go with the cast of characters. Trainer. Yeah, Mitchum. Trainer, 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 trainer. Goulet. Goulet. Majors. <laughs> Pat McCormick. Yeah, Mariella Trainer. Ted. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's hilarious. I bet she she reveled that. My I'm most known as uh Ted in Scrooged. Well, when you get to uh work off of uh Bill Murray, I don't know if you're going to complain too much. Oh, Mitch Glazer was one of the guests at the Christmas party. There you go. So one of the one of the co-writers was actually there. Priest oh, was Michael O'Donohue. Which Christmas party? Oh, in the, the at, office uh, Christmas party? Yeah, yeah. Or the brother's Christmas. At the Oh, no, at the brother's Christmas party. Yeah, sorry. So he Sit, was the one on with the, couch. the... Oh, my God, he's the one with the mullet then. Yeah, it has to be. Who was oh, the God. priest? If Michael O'Donohue played a priest, where was there a priest? Oh, boy. Was um, he just sort of in the background at the end there? Maybe. I'll have to go back. Priest. And, Priest. Oh, was it in the the montage? Frank's oh, montage at the yeah, beginning. Yeah. Okay. He's the priest during the the cremation. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Okay. Dedicated to Anne Ramsey. There we go. Uh, the guy you thought was Harris Eulin. Oh yeah. Jarchow. Who was that? Who? What? What's he been in? Uh, he's just a straight-up actor all over the place. Oh, okay. Character he's actor in things like uh, Ghost and Outbreak. Oh, okay. He's everywhere. He's still, he's everywhere. Yep. He's everywhere. Well, there it, uh, there it was, guys. There was Scrooged. Um, you know, little little change of pace. Something not Ghostbusters-y, but uh, obviously very <laughs> uh, very festive, very timely. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, maybe you guys were able to watch this with, uh, family over Christmas or, you know, you were that person that was watching this with your family, with your earphones in. That's cool too. We're not going to judge you guys, but, uh, yeah, hope, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I, this was a lot of fun. I kind of want to go back and rewatch the movie now, uh, without talking through it so that I can (laughs) take a look at all these things that we talked about and see them again. Like Michael O'Donohue is the priest and, yeah, picturing okay. Mary Ellen Trainer as a male role that would be interesting too. But I think it may hold off until a little closer to Christmas, and I'll watch it again. Yeah, watch it again, and and listen to us. We'll listen to ourselves talk about it when we. No, we won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, maybe another Christmas. Another Christmas, exactly. Uh, well, so uh, happy holiday season, everybody. Um, thanks so much for joining us on this commentary. We will be back with uh, quote-unquote live episodes uh, in a couple of weeks here after the first of the year. But uh, hopefully you're all enjoying uh, your holiday season. Enjoy your new year, and uh, we'll see you guys all in 2017. Thanks for joining us for our Scrooged commentary. Bye, everybody. Bye. Who you gonna call? We Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. Hey, this could be one of my two favorite shows. You're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to know this. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely nuts. Next week, though, Hairless Pets. Weird.